Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hey loves, we are so excited to share this episode with you. If you have not already listened to Maria Palumbo's episode, stop this recording and go listen to her episode because it will give really supportive context. We invited Maria and her husband, Steve, to join us live in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. And it was the most extraordinary conversation that we knew we had to make this accessible to everyone. You'll hear me the whole time fangirling like crazy over the depth of their love and the way they are together. And over and over again, the healing power of being around couples who have such deep kindness, reverence, respect. And it's not only clear how much they love each other, why we needed this to be an episode. And it's really clear the work they've done. And that came through, I think you probably would say the same, Kate. Like both of us were inspired. And I thought about that for hours after. It's clear the work they've done on themselves. And so you're not only hearing a conversation about the evolution of a couple and how they actually make polyamory work, but I asked a couple times about the skills they need in their relationship and how they implement those skills and how they live extraordinary, healthy love. And so we hope you are so inspired too by this episode. Yeah, I, uh, it was so beautiful. It was such a beautiful conversation. And, and one of the comments underneath the Facebook live was a woman saying, you know, I'm, I feel I, I'm, I'm interested in learning more. And I also feel very confronted by this topic. And I just want to speak to that because I also, when I first, when I first started going to Encinitas and being friends with people <laughs> there, I saw like, there's a huge polyamorous community there. And I was very confronted at first. And I was like, I don't understand, but, but so much of being confronted by a relationship that's not traditional is our own limitations and our own, um, it's our conditioning around what relationship is supposed to be. If you took away the condition story that we're all just supposed to be with one person and, you know, you zoomed out, I mean, probably back in the day, people just were polyamorous, you know, going back a couple centuries ago, but now it's, we're just so programmed as to what our life is supposed to look like that it can feel really edgy and confronting to imagine something so outside of the box and outside of the norm. But what I love about it, especially because I, you know, over the past eight years, I have met a lot of polyamorous people and couples, and I've saw a lot of toxicity in polyamory and a lot of people who are actually like running from their fear of commitment or like their, that their patterns were actually running the show. Mm. And it's so beautiful to witness Steve and Maria because they did it so consciously with so much intention 
you know, so much love. And my favorite moment of this episode is when Steve says, which you're going to hear, but I'll just give you a little spoiler um, where Steve says, I, he, it wasn't his nature to be polyamorous, but he said, I had a choice. I either had to end my marriage or I had to um, become like experiment becoming polyamorous and see if it would work for me because I knew that's who my wife was. And I just melted in that moment, how much love and reverence he has for her and how he knew this wasn't just her having a midlife crisis, or this was her actually doing, you know, therapy for a long time, getting to the core of the issue in their relationship, which was that she was going against her natural nature to be with multiple people and to love multiple people. And so it's just so beautiful. And I, I wish you could see the video because we were all in Zoom, as we always are when we're recording. And their love, I mean, you'll be able to feel it through their voices, but they were like almost sitting on top of each other. And they're just like, every time they looked at each other, yeah. my heart exploded. So I'm so excited mm -hmm. to share this message with you. And if you feel discomfort, just breathe through the discomfort. And know that that's totally normal. And that's just conditioning and, and allow yourself just to receive. And if you want to grow, I'm so happy you named this because I'm sure this is a lot of the work you're doing with clients too. If you want to grow, you have to start challenging every belief you have. Yes. Right consciousness is about choice and in no way are they say, they don't say once like polyamory is better than monogamy no. i certainly don't stand that polyamory somehow means you're more conscious no. than having a, a monogamous relationship but it is very vulnerable to get clear on your desires it's very vulnerable to believe that you can be loved in the way steve and maria love each other right it's very vulnerable for you to take a look at are the stories I'm telling myself about love and relationships supporting me or harming me, right? And as you're listening to this episode, watch out for your saboteur, watch out for your inner critic that's going to judge yourself or make them more special than you. Because again, I'm going to say what is so clear is the work they've done on themselves. Yes. And they, we all want the already cooked partner, right? Who's already done all of the work. And I always joke like as if that's going to save you from your shit. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. matter how much personal development work, there are still things that you will come up against in relationship because that's the nature of relationship. Totally. And we love having couples on our podcast. So you can be right in the trenches with them and hear how they navigate all their challenges, all their conflicts, all of their own internal struggles. And I was, I spent the whole episode just being inspired by them. And I'm, I'm really can't wait for all of you to hear the two of them. And I hope forever. I mean, the new truth podcast is about, will you expand and grow into exactly who you're meant to be unapologetically and without shame and without codependent guilt and without all of patriarchy's conditioning on who you should be the yeah. exact love that you desire is possible. Yes. And, and also I just want to speak to one more thing. I mean, I I'd suggest going back and listening to our interview with R Amanda Renee, which is way near the beginning um, about how she was married to a man who was her best friend. They had a beautiful relationship, but she actually is a, is a lesbian. She, she ended up, um, they opened their relationship up for her to be with women. And she ended up falling in love with this woman and, um, left her marriage and has the most epic partnership. I just love following their love. It's so beautiful. 
And just like what I love about these kinds of stories is that when you're actually just rooted in the moment and in yourself and allowing yourself to surrender to life, you don't know what what's coming, right? Elizabeth Gilbert's story, she, the writer of Eat, Pray, Love, she, you know, married two different men and then she ended up marrying a woman and then her wife got cancer and passed away. Now she's with a man again. And it's just like, none of us know what's coming. We want to, because we're, there's so much fear um, around uh, letting go of control, even though we don't have control to begin with, there's this idea that we want to like hold on to this relationship so that we stay safe. But ultimately life has this epic magical ride in front of you. And even if these things in front of you, the idea of these things that we're talking about on these episodes scare you, that's great. And you, you have no idea, like the more you give yourself permission to go into the experience and into right now and letting yourself just let life lead you and, and actually open your heart to infinite possibilities. You have no idea what the next thing is for you. And that's, I think that's what makes life so exciting. Yes. And you connect, if you want partnership, hopefully the partnership you want, you connect through your heart and you can't connect through your heart. If you are shut down or burned out or disconnected from yourself, or like you just said, stuck in the past and not able to be open and vulnerable to the moment. And if you are listening to this the week of March 22nd on Thursday, March 25th, I'm offering a free workshop Unblock your heart, clear the three things keeping you stuck, shut down, and burned out around dating so you can receive real love. And hint, limited thinking is a block to love. If you are not believing that what you desire is possible for you, your heart is shut down. And if your heart is shut down, people can't feel you, people can't know you, people can't connect with you from your emotions. And so if real healthy partnership is what you desire and you keep getting caught in the same patterns over and over again, or you're feeling burned out and shut down around dating, but there's that little spark in you that refuses to give up, join me on Thursday night live. It'll be a 90 minute workshop and I can't wait to be with you. And the workshop link will be in the episode notes. Yes. And I'd say this is like, every woman needs this who doesn't have walls around their heart. Even I do like, (laughs) like I'm a pretty heart wide open person and I still bump up against walls all the time and limitations and inability to fully let love in, in all different capacities. I think we all do. So join Catherine in this epic 90 minute workshop. It will change your life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And let us know what you think of this episode. Enjoy Maria and Steve, and we will see you soon. See you soon. Well, welcome Maria and Steve. Yay. Good to be here. And happy birthday, Steve. Thanks. (laughs) What are you doing for your birthday? Today, we're going to go to a sandwich shop. (laughs) <laughs> he chose a supernatural sandwich shop yeah and then we're gonna go to the batting cages right yeah if we have time i'd like to do that yeah of course we'll make time to do that yeah awesome Fun. awesome well we feel very blessed that you're choosing to spend some of your birthday with us 
And as people join, we'll welcome their questions. And I'd love to start to hear each of your stories of how you met and falling in love with each other. <laughs> this is a good one. Yeah. I'm sorry, you want to know how we met? Then. I wonder if this story, when we asked Jeffrey Pratt, Platt, Pratt's, Platt's? Jeffrey Platts and his wife, Vanessa, we asked them the story or the, to both sides of the story and their stories were so different. His, <laughs> very, his was very like short and to the point and hers was super elaborate. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. Similar. Yeah, I think, I think so. We've, we've merged storylines, I think at this point. Yeah, we've <laughs> merged the storylines. Um, I was dating someone else and I was in a bit of a miserable situation where I didn't feel like I, we had the same values, but I didn't feel like I wanted to leave one of those situations. And he wanted me to go to a late gathering at his friend's house, like really late. It was like 10 o'clock at night, I think. And at that time I was in grad school. I'm like, I'm too old for this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like wearing a t-shirt. I think I had my period. I'm just like, oh, I hate my life. And <laughs> I get to this person's house my friend's roommate's house and he I think did you answer the door I don't remember if I answered the door or not. you might have answered the door sure but <laughs> he came to the door very early on and I was just I, my eyes just bugged out of my head I was like who is this gorgeous smiling easy to be with human mm -hmm. and I I was like nervous and I'm thinking why do I have a boyfriend right now this sucks <laughs> and um and we just what happened the rest of the night well i remember we we had a uh so we sat down on the couch and we just started talking mm -hmm. and there was immediately chemistry oh yeah and i immediately mm -hmm. felt this like connection to you i was like wow this woman <laughs> i have to i have to be around i just really like her mm -hmm. i really want to just know more about you i wanted to uh i just want to spend every moment i could and uh, I was, I remember just having like a lot of fun because I was also in a miserable relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to get out of a miserable relationship. I know. <laughs> it was just like, this is just such a stark wow. contrast to where I was and, uh, and mm. how I was feeling on a, almost like a daily basis. Like, wow, I just hate this relationship. I got to get out of it. Uh, and then to have some, just like an angel, like come through the mm. door of my home. Like she just, she came to me and Aww. I felt like this was a, this was a, a special moment. But being that we are the integrist, integrist type, uh, we didn't make any moves. Uh, we were both in relationships. So we just, the night ended and I, I, I think I added her on Facebook. No, I think I added you. I think she added I me. I saw her on, on Facebook because that's what I do with people that I like that I'm afraid of. And I remember I was sleeping next to my boyfriend at the time and, and Steve was sleeping upstairs. And I remember thinking like, I just wish I could go up into Steve's bed and stay there. Like this flash came in my mind. I'm like, Ugh, that, that'll never happen. I'm like, he's too kind. He's too sweet. He would never be interested in me. Of course he has a girlfriend anyway. But I remember thinking too, it was just so easy to talk. Like, it was just so fun and so easy. And I couldn't get enough of his brain. I'm like, wow, you're so interesting and funny. I couldn't stop laughing. I, I remember you said that. I love your personality. Yeah, that I had a sense of humor that was rare for a woman or something. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, I probably had, like, some type of the sense of humor that I have, which yeah. is a little dirty. It, it's a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> a little naughty. Yeah, I was expecting it. Yeah. I, I loved it. 
Yeah, but I, I didn't take it as an invitation to be like, oh, I should date this person. I, I saw him as too good for me. I thought mm. he has too much going for him. He's too balanced. He's too easy mm. that there's no way this person would want me. So let me just talk him on Facebook for a good nine months. <laughs> nine months? <laughs> you didn't get together for nine months. Nine. Wait, it's also hysterical how women do that. I so I so appreciate you outing yourself around that because how how classic is that that we you know pedestal pedestal people are automatically assumed that they wouldn't be interested but even like you just had the best connection you know being able to talk all night and laugh so then what nine months really nine months nine months was six months it's okay <laughs> see the story is different <laughs> I, thought I thought it was, it was nine I thought it was like six months it could have been six or maybe even less. It was no less than six months, for sure. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> I remember it was painful. Well, in either case, however the length of time was, uh, my, so my friend uh, who was dating Maria, he was kind of a friend of a friend. Um, he's, they break up and- um, I broke up with him over text. She broke up with him and then uh, my relationship also ended around the same time. And I was thinking, do I, do I go after Maria? But I was feeling like I kind of, you know, this guy's my friend. I don't want to like just go right after his ex-girlfriend. Um, but uh, that, that question was put to bed right away because he started dating my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, the one that he just broke up with. I just broke up with her. And then uh, he Whoa. starts dating Yeah, he starts dating Are they still her together? Uh, no, <laughs> they, <laughs> we're happy to, but we won. We're like, we lasted. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. Um, they, I think they they were together for like a year or something like that. But um, I don't think it was that long. But anyway, go on. Uh, so <laughs> that's awkward. So when I when I realized that they were dating, I was like, okay, cool. I guess there's no bad blood here. I, I'm gonna go ask Maria out. So I texted or I, I messaged Maria on Facebook. Uh, and started talking to her and then uh eventually i asked her if she wanted to go out for what do we want to say for dinner something like that for dinner yeah. and i i didn't take it seriously because i thought well my ex is dating his ex he's just i don't know I, i'm like this isn't serious my little brain was saying this isn't serious don't take it seriously but i i responded yes in capital letter <laughs> <laughs> And then after I sent it, I was like, why did I do that? Why? <laughs> I'm trying you to be cool. You can't that? fuck it. I was just going to say, you can't fuck it up with the right person. Like that's <laughs> that, like our minds are like, oh no, I did the thing that was too much. Oh, but I got to pull it back. But it's like, no, if it's the right person, it fucking works. It works out. Right. You can't fuck I it up. That. That's so true. I was happy to get that. Yes. Enthusiastic, yes. Maybe yeah. we always choose people who are enthusiastically yes for who we are and yeah. all that we bring. Yeah. So, and yeah. then the rest is history. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of a fun whole story. It was a fun whole story. There's a little bit more. A, so a little bit more would be that we went on we went on, went on that date. Uh, it was a really great date. He didn't confirm to the night before. And I was like, don't you dare text and confirm. You're not going to go out of your way for this man, like, no longer. So, so it was like midnight the night before. And he finally texts, like, oh, I just want to confirm our plans. And I'm like, okay. It wasn't midnight. It felt like <laughs> it was at night. It was between 11 it's and midnight. It's the middle midnight. of the day. It was <laughs> middle of the previous day. No, 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 no. It was no. like, because it was like lunchtime. I remember it was. 
<laughs> right. And he was like, do you want to meet up in the city? And I'm like, no, I don't want to drive to the city. Like, you're going to come to my house and you're going to pick me up because I'm tired of driving to the freaking city for men and like going out of my way just for like a coffee. Like, no way. <laughs> so he, he rented a car. I didn't have a car at the time. Oh. So you rented a car. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. I love I, that. I signed up for like, a, it was like a car share service in the city and I signed up yeah. for it. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna do this. <laughs> this is what this love is. It. Months, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And then right when he arrived at my house, which was my grandmother's house, I was living with my grandmother for grad school. Right when he arrived, my yaya, my grandmother, went to the door and told him, not even hello, just go bring in the trash cans. Go get the trash cans. <laughs> Is she Italian, like, your grandma? Great. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Italian. Italian yeah, man. put to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he and you just I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get I'll well, get your trash cans for you. He wasn't upset with it at all. Uh, she's, a, she's an older lady. I was like, oh, oh yeah, she probably needs help with this stuff. And when I saw that response, I was I I was already falling for him like really quickly and hard. But when I saw his response, I thought, wow, like if someone could respect my grandmother like that and just not bat an eye, like there's something really special about. Mm -hmm. And then he sat down with my grandmother and then continued to watch sports, which he didn't even like, <laughs> for like a half hour, just sitting with my grandmother. Yeah. And yeah. she likes sports, but you don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not. Into, I'm not really into sports. They're watching the Phillies. I, I mean, I was watching. We were watching baseball. So, yeah. like, I I don't hate baseball, but I I wasn't really following it. So, yeah. like watching so whether she would make comments, and I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. And I'm like in heaven at that point, and um, we don't know where we're gonna eat, right? Like, you didn't have an idea of where we would eat, did you? No. No. So my mom and my, my aunt Steph, was my aunt there too? Yeah, my, I, met, I met her whole family on first My day. mother and my aunt came in. They're like, well, you need to go here. You can go here. And they gave us directions for about 45 minutes. So we're sitting there writing down the directions, even though I have a GPS. And finally, we went out to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And he ended up slow dancing me in the park. Like, this is the most enchanting mm -hmm. first date ever. He slow danced me in the parking lot to one of my favorite songs, When Smoke Gets In Your Eyes. Yeah, because it was like a 50s style restaurant. So they like they were playing fun. He really loves Aww. it, which I didn't know at the time, but she loved that that stuff. So I just I love the song. And then yeah. he started slow dancing. And I was like, let's dance. I was like, what? What am I getting myself into? <laughs> <laughs> After you open the door and close the door for me, like every time like you open the door or the car door. Yeah. I never experienced that in my life. I turned the romance mm. on that night. Oh, and then, <laughs> then you scaled buildings or whatever. You scaled a huge fence to impress me. You remember? You like scaled a whole fence. I forgot about that. Yeah. We walked around the park, like we walked around the uh, neighborhood afterwards that I lived in, and he ended up scaling a, and like insanely high fence. I was like, holy shit. I was like, you're gonna fall. And then he like jumps down and he's at parkour. Like, <laughs> parkour means like jumping up something or something. And yeah. that's when he wanted to impress me all the time. I, I, I was really trying hard. Aww. I was like, maybe parkour will impress her. I was 22, so I, you know, this, I was is, impressed. This, this is what my brain thought. Oh, she's gonna like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the final detail we should name is the kiss. The kiss. The bad kiss. The back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here you do it. Well, so we had such a great night that I was I was feeling like I'm gonna go in for I'm gonna kiss her tonight. And uh, I, went, I was thinking, do not let him kiss you. It's the first date. Like, don't you do that? Like, no more of that. 
and uh, it was the end of the night and I was about to leave and, and I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to head out. And then she was just like looking at me with these very <laughs> deep stare and her, brown, her beautiful brown eyes were like, kiss me. And, uh, and then I went in, I went in to kiss her and it was like, it was like kissing a, like a corpse. It, like she like, <laughs> Like did this like didn't didn't respond at all, and then I, I like kind of pulled back. I was like, oh, that, I guess she didn't want to be kissed, and and then she grabbed my head. <laughs> she grabbed my head, and then she went like this on the beach cheek <laughs> on my face, like my cheeks, and then my forehead. Oh, I was like, good night. <laughs> 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 I didn't really want to kiss him, but I also was attracted to him. And then I just thought, shit, I messed that up. We need to try that again. So as a man, I don't know if you have, if there's men out there that are watching, like, how do you interpret those signals? <laughs> I, like, I was completely just short-circuited yeah. the whole night. I was like, did it go well? Did it not go well? <laughs> Here, should I call her again? Uh, so I called her. I called her the next day and was just like, hey. <laughs> You want to do that again? <laughs> we try. We gotta try that again. That didn't work right. Oh. <laughs> this is so important and then so funny. I actually had conversations with three of my friends over the weekend because I have a bunch of friends dating right now, and she one was actually complaining about someone coming in for the kiss and she was like I did not give signals and then three of my friends all said I didn't really want to be kissed on the first date I my he went for it but I wasn't really wanting to Andrew didn't try to kiss me until our fourth date and he jokes that I sent no singles until the fourth date and he was really confused and yeah. he still to this day makes fun of me so it's just I love this you're both like I almost have tears in my eyes like there is love pouring yeah. from both of you like it yeah. is overwhelming for me actually yeah. like to be in your presence right now I might actually cry but this play the playfulness you can clearly see that you adore each other yeah. and and part of what I'm obsessed with is how healing that is for the planet when you're around people who really love each other and are devoted to each other and the playfulness in your story. Thank you for sharing your story and the gift of just being young and like hearing each, like, I didn't know the signals. Like, Andrew's like, you weren't sending me any signals. I'm like, I really wanted you to kiss me. <laughs> you know? And so like that throwing away this idea of the, like you had this enchanting first date but all that pressure we put on ourselves as if every single thing lines up. So I just love that you were like, and then we had this super awkward kiss you know? <laughs> um, to let people just breathe through that as they're getting to know people and when they're dating and look at this beautiful love story that has unfolded. So. And how you. there's like, there's like, I think as women and there it's mostly women who are on the new, I don't think we have any men in the new truth movement Facebook um, group. Facebook group. <laughs> that listen to the podcast. Yes, but not in our group. And I think as women, we often feel like women often feel like it's just them. And it's like that men don't really care or men like, so it's so sweet. We interviewed Mark, my friend, Mark Groves, who has a, his own podcast and his partner, Kylie. And, um, well, she's my dear friend and we interviewed them and it was so sweet to hear his side of the story and how much, like, even before they met, how much pain he had been through and how much he shut down from love and like hearing, Oh, a man who's avoidant and aloof actually has been through 
you know, heartbreak himself. And that's why he's like that. And so I think it's so important for women to hear both sides of the story. And that it's not just us going through the craziness, like, Oh, I like him, but what do I do that men go through it too, in their own way. It's so important for us to hear that and to know that. Totally. Yeah. And, and for the record, that was the worst kiss of my life. <laughs> and here you are <laughs> 10 years later in a super unconventional amazing relationship loving each other in the way that you do like the fact that your love is so palpable and you don't have a conventional relationship is so cool like that to me is so amazing because so many people I'm imagining would have heard the episode and thought like well how could there still be love here like are you you guys must just be holding on for like security or something and then doing the other thing but like it's so beautiful to feel how palpable your love is hmm. um yeah so I'd love to hear like the the journey of like okay your relationship the rupture the like the what that was like for you Steve and how how you got to where you are now well uh after the first so that was our first date right and then after after that it went just uh, it was like a rocket. Just there was so much intimacy growing. Mm. Uh, she moved in with me after six months, after six or seven, six months together. Really, really, soon. really early. Really um, early. And then, and, and we were just on cloud nine and when we really loved each other. Uh, I remember we didn't really have very many fights. No fights. And uh, there wasn't a lot of conflict. Which I don't recommend. I don't mm. recommend that. Which, yeah, I was gonna say, which ended up actually creating some really odd, uh, 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 I guess, uh, mm-hmm. what would you say, like um, ways of operating, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which because like everything was so easy up until a point and then suddenly when things became hard, uh, it was almost like we didn't have the, the, tools. the tools or the skills <laughs> to, to navigate it. And like, cause ultimately, you know, eventually life just throws curveballs at you and there's things that happen internal and external to the relationship. And then um, one of the things that came up for us early was that Marie went to grad school and because she was in grad school and I was working, there was an uneven um, responsibility in terms of uh, finances and, and even actually like household chores because she was in grad, and I don't know if, if people can relate to me in grad school, uh, it's extremely taxing. Uh, the time commitments are are just through the roof. She was constantly studying, constantly going to classes, constantly writing papers. Just barely had time to like eat. I had an internship too. Yeah, an internship. Uh, it was it was a really stressful time where like I was I took it took it on. We didn't negotiate this, which I think was a problem. But I took it on. Like okay, I'm gonna handle things until you're out of grad school, and then things will change. Sort of like. And, but just like assumed that that was the agreement. And I just oh, took that on as the yeah. agreement. And, sorry, Kat. Oh, no, you don't have to say sorry. Uh, so. But I, w- I can add to that though. Please do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember feeling a little like parent-child. It started to, like, I was kind of like the messy sort of life is hard, grad school is hard. I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> and Steve was kind of grounded and um doing the laundry and taking care of the house while I was just kind of moody and then and then there was like a micromanagement happening where I'm sure you felt resentful so you're like this is not how you load the dishwasher this is this is not where you I I like plug in my cell phone and then like where was it then he'd like take it out and plug it in somewhere else I was like what is happening and there's this slow even though on the surface and for the most part we were very symbiotic and like 
could really laugh and still enjoy each other. There was still a dynamic happening underneath the waters that was uh, a riff yeah. in our like compatibility or in our intimacy, like something was happening and we didn't know that there was a riff happening. Yeah. But because everything felt so good because we could like, I don't know, like we didn't really fight or we didn't really, right. we weren't mean, we weren't abusive. We were right. very kind, we were very loving. Um, yeah, but yet there were these still these deep seated resentments yeah. that were being forged where under like, the surface. Yeah, where yeah. I was the adult and she was not. Right. That was the dynamic. <clears throat> right. And even after grad school came uh, came to an end, there was uh, there was still this dynamic which mm. had never really been addressed of like, uh, okay, we need to change how things are operating here. And so like we didn't know we, we didn't, didn't know that we had to change it. Yeah, we didn't really know. We we we. we we'd sort of learned once it blew up in our face uh, that mm -hmm. this, this has to, this way of operating is not sustainable. We need to come up with a more equitable um, way of relating for each other, just, just so that we could keep going. Cause it, it's like, we started at this place, but we're totally different people now after five years. Yeah. And, and the blow up, when you say the blow up, we're talking about the affair. Yeah. So the, so the, <clears throat> so an, uh, Marie had an affair in 2018, mm. I think. And during that time, uh, I was really excited for her to go to California uh, to, to do a, a retreat. She had, we lived in Pennsylvania at the time. Mm. And she was doing a, a workshop. And um, as part of that workshop, um, she met, she had to come to California and she met someone and she was really excited about it. And she came back to me and was just like, Steve, I think I'm polyamorous and uh, I want to pursue something with this man. And I was not, I was not at all prepared for that. I, I, I just, I responded, uh, angrily, pretty angrily. Uh, I was, I was not good. He took the dad archetype. He, he, he went to full dad archetype. He didn't mean to, but, yeah. but it was very much like, don't you dare, like, you cannot do this. Um, and he was scared. Like, we didn't have the tools. How do you talk to your spouse when you're angry? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was, was terrified. I was really scared that she- uh, uh, We weren't married. We were married, yes we were. We were married. We were married. I, I was really scared that our life was just like, gonna completely change in a mm. way that, I, and I was feeling like really out of control. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling like there was just all this going, all this stuff was gonna crumble in if I if I like let this happen because I didn't know I didn't know what it was gonna look like, how it was gonna look like. We'd never even really talked about this as an idea. Uh, so it just felt very fast, felt very sudden, and uh, I was I was scared and then I became angry and it was too fast. And I wanted and I wanted you to slow down and I wanted you to hear me, but I know. I wanted to do whatever were, I wanted. You were very determined. I was in the rebel the rebel part of me and I wasn't gonna listen. I wasn't gonna. Yeah. It was like parent, dad, teenager, teenage daughter gonna push against. Yeah, I think all relational dynamics, whenever we're in our patterns, it's one person's um, mom or dad and the other person's teenager or child. Totally. Um, and I wasn't allowed to be a rebel as a teenager. And I think um, polyamory was part of me kind of waking up my no, like, no, like, this is what I want. No. So I kind of like projected all of my need to like re rebel on, to be a rebel onto him. And he was the perfect person to take it because he was so loyal, so kind. I never do anything wrong. Why can't you just do what I say? You know, mm -hmm. and it, it was just the, the most horrible, perfect storm that we could imagine. Mm -hmm. that yeah. And, the, and like I said before, that was the only, that's the biggest mistake in my life. If I look back to my life and think, wow, what did you really fuck up? That would be it. That's the major thing, but yeah. Yeah, that was a big, it was a, that was a big challenge. Yeah. 
nice way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was hard. I, I I really felt like I was gonna die. Like after, wow. after I, yeah, after I felt after I found out about the affair, I was angry for months wow. afterwards. And it wasn't until we sought professional help. Mm. Worse this. It's like we gotta do this. Well, there was really no way forward. Either it was like either we get help and we don't have a divorce, or we have a divorce. And like that was those were like the only two options that that were available so I was like I don't want to end this right now I just I'm really pissed but we built so much together and I love them so much that I just wanted we have to at least try and and then we we hired a couples counselor she hired a a coach and then I and then I hired a coach as well and then we all we just like we're like let's tackle the hands on deck yeah everyone's showing up everyone does their work and we you weren't you didn't work with someone did you yeah alone I had Rob oh right okay yeah 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 you were working with someone I was working with someone then we were working with someone together and then we had an amazing yeah so our coaches were remote and then our couples counselor was in person in person and that was he was phenomenal he really helped us just hold the emotion and like like I'm kind of doing this because I was like I'm gonna leave I'm gonna stay I'm gonna leave I'm gonna stay like I was constantly in that space for months and then just having someone who was there to be able to hold that that flow of emotion and like listen to me cry, listen to mm. me scream, listen to me complain, listen to me have a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm. she was there to witness everything. So. And then I apologized for like years. Yeah. And I, I think I just stopped apologizing maybe <laughs> like yeah, a said, year ago, like a year ago, you're like, all right, I think I'm complete. I don't want you to think about it anymore. Yeah. Like, I feel we don't have to keep talking about it or, but yeah, it doesn't come up, but it did come up. Like the energy of it came up for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's essentially how, not how we began polyamory, but how we began identifying that there was something missing mm-hmm. in our relationship, in our dynamic. And also for me, there was something missing regarding like my sexuality and my intimacy, something was missing that I, that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way to do polyamory. That's not polyamory. That's having an affair, but that it, it did shift things where we were like, okay, now let's rebuild the relationship based upon what's true instead of what we think we should do or what we wanted, what we thought it was going to be coming in. Yeah. But you went through a lot of grief to just to let go of what you thought the relationship was going to be. And I think I pushed you a little too fast. Like I, like I went to California and did the thing you know, it's like, okay, this is what I like. And me being a lightning processor, I remember talking to my coach, like you just move so quickly and other people don't move as quickly as that. And it's really hard. So we, we just went through like a huge blow up for years and somehow became what we are now, which is like, I would not like give up what we have. Like our sexuality, our intimacy has grown like significantly from when I had the affair where it's like, He's like a different person. I'm, I'm just like, wow, I can't get enough of this human being. Thanks. Even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of work. That's amazing. And I just, I do think that, you know, that there's, that's the shadow side of polyamory. So many people get into it for it's actually their, their shadow side that's getting into it. They're, they're trying to get needs met that aren't being met in their relationship. They're, um, you know, or they have commitment issues or whatever the thing is, sex addiction, whatever the thing is, like there's so yeah. many reasons why people get into it and convince themselves it's this spiritual growth based thing, but it's actually coming from um, their 
shadow or their saboteur. And so it's so beautiful to witness this, like that you guys were able to crack open and into and deepen into this experience, but through building a stronger foundation with your relationship. Yeah. Once the affair happened, uh, we pretty much destroyed the relationship that was there. As it was. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think that happens and has to happen in every long-term relationship. There has to be many deaths of the old way and then a rebirth into either we go our separate ways or we rebirth our relationship into yeah. its new newest form to have the same thing. I mean, we talk a lot on our podcast about the old paradigm of love, which is just like complacency and you just choose each other and, and your commitment and your wedding day and that, that's it. And then it's just like assumed you're together and you stop showing up fully and stop looking at your own stuff and stop bringing yourself fully and all of those things and, and become so complacent in relationship. Whereas like this death and rebirth allowed you to become, I'm imagining so much more present to the relationship and what, what it needs and what you both need to deepen together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we decided at that point to, we're going to try to build something here and Mm. it's going to be built on reality. And we didn't jump right into polyamory at that point. It was, we were like, we have to get our house in order first. Totally. We took, I, I think it was like six to six months to a year of working on our relationship before we even got to a point where, like anybody try to date anyone Amazing. Uh, it just took so long to recover from the from the the hurt mm. from the um the betrayal to come to a point where now i can actually trust mm. and now i can actually um explore the edge that is like letting my 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 wife go on a date mm. or, or the edge for me going on a date mm. and experiencing emotions and experiencing connection with someone other than her and what was that like for you? That's just so wild. I can't imagine. <laughs> Remember your first date? Mm-mm. No. It was you? With Daniel. Was it a date? Well, kind of. It was kind of a blur. Yeah. It was okay. I don't know. You might remember more than I do. Um, what was it like for you? I, actually, it wasn't even the date. He came to, you were flirting online and he came to visit us. Right, and he, he came, stayed with us for And he a stayed week. with us for a week. Whoa. So I was like, hello. Yeah, that was the first time of like having someone like, like wow. being with Maria and like connecting with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we tried like playing with the idea of like coming up with certain rules. And oh, um, that's when we started with rules. There's like yeah. all these rules, like can't yeah. be, don't lay in the bed together. Don't. Oh, I forget what they were. Yeah, there were. There was. We tried to like manage our. Tried to like keep ourselves safe emotionally by having a bunch of rules in place, and they didn't. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't work at all. Because like I still had like things come up. I still was like upset. I still was like had to deal with jealousy. Mm. And um, I remember uh, the two of you went and got a hotel oh. downtown and then I, I like came to visit and had dinner with the three of you or the three of us oh yeah that's pretty wild yeah and I remember feeling really good about that day yeah mm-hmm. you were like really in your power and like really happy and wanting to connect and just yeah super great yeah because I was feeling I was feeling like I was choosing to be there that I wasn't I didn't have to go mm-hmm. I could have stayed home but I just said I, I want to go yeah. and because I chose to go and I felt like really powerful I felt really strong from that choice 
as a center. Yes, that's so why it's just so crazy. Your first date wasn't a coffee date. It was someone came and stayed with you for five days. Like, I don't recommend it. That's crazy. <laughs> like, just jump in the deep end here. Holy yeah. cow. That's oh my gosh. The deep end. Who's deep end jump? Yeah. So how early on did you let go of the rules? Did you figure that part out? That one took some time because yeah. afterwards, after he left, like there was a bit of a debriefing moment and we had to figure out like what was working and what didn't work. And I was still kind of afraid to, to show emotion or show anger uh, that mm. certain rules were broken. Mm. And so it took me a while to express that in a healthy way. Mm be able to tell you oh I didn't like this I didn't like that and then then corrected and then forward yeah but but we did determine that really specific rules just don't doesn't work for us yeah so we we ended up switching things um to being more like uh agreements around communication which seemed which was really simple and really easy to to keep track of so mm. Uh, I think our, I think we evolved into our, our current situation where our agreements are basically uh, talk, talk to each other before mm. connecting with someone. Yes. Be upfront and honest about how you feel about them. But it's not a rule where you're like about to connect with someone emotionally or sexually and you have to be like, wait, 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 I have to call Maria. Like, right. it's not like that. Yeah. But we, if we have an idea, we just communicate it. Like we don't hide, oh, I like this person. I'm not supposed to tell him. It's like, no, if I have an idea, I'm just going to communicate what I, what I have at the time. Yeah. Um, so just like an open dialogue, open communication and protected sex with other people. That's really important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. I mean, just so powerful. Of course, like it would not work without communication. Like there's just, and what a beautiful way to deepen your ability to communicate and be honest and how like the, the importance of honesty in relationship and, oh my gosh, it, that would be so challenging but also so you'd grow so much from it it's just it's so cool there's one question on the comments here um diana is asking did steve feel pressured to participate in polyamory in order to keep maria hmm. good question diana i did feel pressure hmm. i did feel pressure but uh it, it's important to me to to not think of things in terms of pressure hmm but rather consent into a situation. So I really loved Maria and I still do. And I really, and I really wanted to, yeah, I really wanted to um, keep our relationship together. So I did feel a, a pressure that, oh, this is something that I have to explore and find out um, if I want this, if I want to mm. do this because treating Maria like she wasn't polyamorous is, was not an option. It, it just, mm. that, that was not real, that was fantasy. Yeah. Mm. So wow. my choice was either engage with Maria as she is and explore whether or not it fits for me or just end it now because I don't want to even, because I either I know it's not a, a fit because of some past experience mm -hmm. or, or because I don't want to face it or I don't want to try it. So I suppose you could say that it was pressure, but it wasn't everything was within my, my control. My, I consented into being into the, into that experience mm. and trying it out. And I, like, you know, the way I was thinking about it at the time was I can try this. We can see if it works. If it doesn't work, I'll at least know, I'll at least know where, where I'm at. And I'll know that we gave it 
you know, every opportunity to work. And then you have no regrets. This is real love. This is real love. Like the, for you, the, what you just said about, um, and Catherine, you can talk to, I know I have a million questions. Um, the, it just, I feel like crying when you said for you to think of her as not polyamorous was not okay. And that that was your family. How this is what we do in the old paradigm of relationship. This is what we do all the time is just expect our partner to be who we want them to be or who we who they were or who we think they are, as opposed to actually letting, like giving them and ourselves permission to be who we are in relationship. Like, God, this is so deeply moving. Thank you for sharing. I have two questions. And one is for each of you, what is the most important relational skill that you think is required mm-hmm. for a relationship? Like each, cause I have my own list, but like, I want to hear each of your perspectives. And then two, is there a relational skill that's needed for polyamory that might not be needed for monogamy? And if so, what might that be? Because I'm listening to you. And even with this, like I can feel one, yes, parent-child bonding patterns are how romantic relationships work or not work in general. And consciousness around that is what shifts them. But I'm thinking about how the adolescent in relationships sees compromise or even sees pressure as like an abdication of their freedom and sovereignty. And like, that's what, like, I I don't want to compromise in relationship, but only the adolescent sees compromise as compromise. For me, the maturation of relationship is who am I asked to be to get to experience the gift of this person? And that that's a choice, like, and in service to the relationship that I want to create with this person, what are the agreements that I have to make with myself and the acceptance of who my partner is? Like, that was so beautiful, Steve, to, to witness you and hear you say, like, in order to accept who this person is, there's somewhere I have to go in myself. And mm-hmm. do I want to go there or not? Mm-hmm. But I think the immaturity in relational dynamic is you have to be who I want you to be and I won't grow individually to meet who you are becoming. And then we're in the power and control bullshit of of relationships. So it was so healing to hear you say that. And then that I've been holding this question, like what are the relational skill? What's the number one relational skill? that you think all pe- all couples need, period, and what's been the most healing for you? And then do you think there are skills that are needed in polyamory, not needed in monogamy? This is a great question. This is yeah. amazing. You, I want you, to you, wanna, you want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess one skill for me that feels really important is being able to like um, let go of my ego, hold ownership of what I've done and say that I'm sorry very easily um, and just be like, whoa, yeah, I, I shouldn't say that or whoa, yeah, I shouldn't do that. And just be able to empathize and validate and get back into integrity really quickly. I should not have done that. I'm sorry. This is what I'll do next time. Like, how can I make this up to you instead of defense or you need to change how you feel because I, what I did was okay. Um, I think owning the affair, owning, just owning the things that I do I think is the most important thing that I could, one of the most important things I can offer. Um, uh, so, so the the first question is, what's important in in, yeah, non, a, in non-monogamy or in no, relationships no, no. in just, general? So the, the first question is just, what do you think is the most important relational skill, like for you, that you're 
that you know is essential to the dynamic that the two of you have or that you learned through working with a coach? I see. A relational skill that's most important to you. Yeah. Apology. I, I, I'm going to double with, I'm going to say what Maria said, that I think repairing. You can't do that. Do I have to pick something else? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Whatever you want. Okay. Because I, I think, I, I, well, I, I truly believe that that repair, being able to repair from wrong, like wronging your, um, or hurting your loved one is, is the only way forward in a healthy, connected relationship. I, I think we're human, so we make mistakes. We, we, do, we do things without thinking. We, we do things that are selfish sometimes. And when I do them, um, I, I, I want to be able to repair that. I want to be able to say that I, I understand the impact. Okay. I understand how it hurt you. I, I, uh, I'm sorry, and, and I'll make, I'm taking steps so, so that that doesn't happen again. And I think that that skill is I think not just in romantic life, but in any relationship, it's the only way to keep things going because we as humans, I think need that trust that the person that I'm relating with is, has my best interests in their heart and isn't going, isn't doing things to hurt me intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so powerful. And being able to empath- empathize, like yeah, it's, yeah, just like how people get are so quick to be defensive or to shut down mm-hmm. and how important it is to be able to just drop into your heart and see like, oh yeah, okay. It doesn't mean I'm wrong and bad. Like I'm I'm just human and I took a step and it hurt that person. Okay, being able to hold space for both experiences. And then yeah. it was, is there a skill that's needed in polyamory that's essential to be able to operate the way you guys get to. I just, before we jump there, I, I just want to um, say that we were not, we weren't where we are now. Like he was defensive a lot in the beginning of the relationship. Mm-hmm. We would spend hours on the couch where I would, he would say, well, I apologize. And like, you can't apologize. You can't say you're apologizing by saying, I apologize. Like that doesn't feel good. Like yeah, I apologize. I'm like, no, like there was so much working yeah. we did in the beginning, yeah. like where he was kind of, I don't know, like you, you, you up with a lot but like for the health of our relationship and it it brought us to the place of ownership and how do we how do we like repair really quickly so it just took a long time I should say a lot of years to be like oh just own how what you did (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. in in a vulnerable way yeah and um and yeah and and moving you moved out of fixing to being with me like he's so present with me now where even if I'm ridiculously stupidly upset about nothing he's still like oh okay, like he's just so, you're so present and it's not like, oh, we'll fix it. This is stupid. It's kind of like, oh, like, I'm, yeah, I can see why you would feel ridiculously upset right now. <laughs> um, so do you want to say the next one? I'm so glad you said that. It's a learnable skill, <laughs> like it, but it takes time and, it, and it's also not about being perfect either. Like we're even going to fuck that up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm just noticed Diana wrote resolving conflict. So essentially, yeah, it's like how you navigate through conflict. Yeah. yeah if, if you can, if one can navigate through a smaller conflict well, and then even like a medium sized conflict well over and over and over again without things devolving into uh, just misery. Yeah. Then I think, I think that's, that's an indication of, of whether or not 
um, like long-term things are going to work out. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And, and that's not to say like, I, I didn't get angry or I wasn't upset or didn't have emotions or, uh, or, or, or you for that matter, like there, that we had emotions, we have it. And it's just, it's just a matter of, of being able to own and, and, and witness the, the fact that I, I did something wrong or she did something wrong or broke an agreement or mm. something along those lines. Um, yeah. Maria, can I tell about your book? Oh, Shameless yeah. plug. Okay. <laughs> Maria is writing a book on, on repair. Mm. Wow. So I think that's going to be really cool to, to read that. Oh, that's so amazing. So amazing. And so needed. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm excited about that. Um, do you want to say the, um, what, polyamory, the skill in poly? Yeah, yeah. Polyamory. I think the... Uh, and that we need a polyamory, not monogamy. I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. Mm. That That's what I imagined was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And what... Is there a skill that is ne- like necessary for for polyamory, maybe, without even thinking that it wouldn't be necessary in monogamy? But like, what's essential to to having the success and the health of your polyamorous relationship? Yeah. I think being able to ask for help mm-hmm. is uh, maybe not maybe not so much a skill. I mean, I guess it takes practice to be practice to do that. It's a skill, especially yeah. when you come from a traumatic household childhood when, when, and in our society, I mean, there's still shame around asking for help. So it's really beautiful to hear you say that, especially for men. And even more yeah. so for men. Mm-hmm. Big time, big time. You're absolutely right. Uh, asking for help is an essential skill because if, you, if I need, need help, I'll ask Maria, I'm going through something something's come up for me or I'll go to one of my other partners or a friend. Um, but I also have a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have a, like a, prof- I have a professional and I think transition, my transition from uh, a monogamy mindset to a, uh, an ethical non-monogamy mindset. I don't think it could have happened successfully without support, without an external support, without a professional to, to be there. Mm. I just don't, I don't see how I could have gotten here by myself. Yeah. Yeah. And does your therapist specialize in polyamory? Uh, they, my current therapist? No. Uh, but at the t- the one I had at the time, uh, had, had expertise in it. Um, but I imagine that, well, I can't really speculate that, but I imagine a- a- any therapist who's able to help you feel your emotions is probably going to be yeah. a really good asset for you. But, um, if you specifically want to transition, I imagine uh, getting someone who's had experience with that would be probably better. Yeah. Yeah, I think having a therapist, having a support person is just important for both people in a relationship in general because relationship brings up all of it, mm-hmm. like so much stuff. And um, I think he, what you're really good at is whenever you have an emotion, like especially when I started dating Nick or like when you, like we were really building something and you were like, wow, I'm having this, intense reaction and like he would just really own, he would own like wow I'm having this emotion I'm having this thing I don't want to talk about it yet but it's here and you're just so good at like just allowing yourself to have something without like dumping it or blaming or shaming or 
um, like getting angry so much or defensive, you know, like you're just able to really hold something and just kind of be with it and then maybe express it like in your own time, in your own way, which I think is a rare skill to have for any human being. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say something that's been really important. There's like been a lot of things that have been really important, but I think it's, for me, it's using jealousy as um as kind of a a way to name what i miss like what i'm craving more of in our relationship or what i'm missing or what i would love more of instead mm -hmm. of jealousy being a bad thing that he has to stop what he's doing in order to fix what i'm feeling mm. like we kind of get into these little moments where like i'll just kind of be annoyed or jealous for not a lot of reason and just kind of want to be a little annoyed because i'm like not often annoyed so just like I want to like make you feel bad for no reason. And I try, like, I try to own that. And I think we can kind of be playful with that for the most part where it's not, um, it's not like damaging. I'm not accusing. He doesn't have to change anything, but I'm just like, Oh, you did the thing you said you would do. And I'm jealous, you know, like, <laughs> Oh, and I kind of, we kind of give space for that tantrum a bit and it's, it's kind of cute and it's, and it usually leads to sex. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be clear if in case everyone didn't hear it was, oh, you did the thing you said you would do. And yeah. now I'm feeling bad about it. You had to really catch that. <laughs> that ownership and the way you express that. And yeah. my gosh, playfulness. I mean, talk about essential yeah. relationship skill, not yeah. taking yourself so seriously. And for me, even for on trauma, in trauma resolution in, in an individual's body, playfulness is accessible when I'm safe, right? Like the health of playfulness in your partnership is directly proportional to the emotional safety and physical safety and agreements and commitment to each other that is present too. I mean, playfulness becomes accessible through safety. And so I don't want to disregard that of clearly all the foundational layers are being built by, of course, you have unbelievable trust between one another, that, that, that playfulness becomes like the, the gift of that, you know, not taking yourself so seriously and knowing, you know, you can poke fun. And Maria, you talked in our episode nonstop about how much support you've received in your life. And I really appreciated that. Like you kept coming back to that over and over and over again. I've never tried to do this alone and I still invest in support. And it's beautiful to now hear that that's just as important to you too, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. So. Important value, I think, for my partners to share. Yeah. So I want to know what, what it was like. I have another curiosity question. I know we probably should wrap up soon, but um, I want to know what it was like for you when you started dating yourself and like, did you feel weird and wrong and bad, even though you knew you could, or like, what was it like for you? Um, can you go first? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You. Okay. Uh, so for me, it was uh, the first date I went on was a Tinder date. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> bad, just a bad date oh, all around, all around. Date. terrible date. And uh, <laughs> that was funny. Um, and completely independent to how I was feeling about like my emotional self. It just like was an awful date. There was no chemistry. There was like uh. awkward moments. Um, so th that one was fun. But then when I went on, I, when I went on a date with someone I actually liked uh, for the first time, I felt really excited mm. and I felt really um connected with my sex mm. and my power and my turn on and my desire in a way that i haven't 
I guess I, I wouldn't say I, I didn't feel that with Maria, but like I hadn't felt that new, mm. that newness energy that comes with uh, a new connection. Right. Um, I hadn't felt that in years. And being in, in a space where I could freely feel that, I was like, wow, this feels really good. <laughs> and I also felt, um, I think up until that point, polyamory had represented a lot of work, like just like mm. tons of work and suffering and, and mm. uh, just having to focus and process emotions and, emotions. and, and, I, and, and like, finally, here's something that's like, it's to my benefit. Like, I feel like I'm actually like, <laughs> yes, it's finally paying off all this effort. It's like, I finally get to feel good about this arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> And then did it bring and spark a new newness in your relationship too? Like, because you were like dating other people and then coming back to each other, was there a newness that you felt there as well? There was, there was newness that I brought back. There was like a sense of confidence and, oh, yeah. and prowess that, I, that I would come back from the date and feel really, really strong. I would feel powerful as a man yeah, and uh, connected to myself and my desires. And I would bring that, home and I'd be like guess what happened tonight and blah, blah, blah. and I, would, I like hearing strutting it. around all, all happy like and uh and Maria would just pounce on me <laughs> <laughs> yeah his energy shifted from like very docile in the beginning of our relationship very sweet guy to like powerful own my hunger and I love you where I'm not gonna hurt you like it's very it's very rare I think for me to be able to hold both of that of like I want to tear you apart sexually but not emotionally <laughs> like I don't want to like ruin you emotionally to like please you sexually it's very rare and um and that's who he became and I, I just I ah. <laughs> <laughs> there there how can we not deeply desire people who are alive yeah. Like that, that's yeah. what I feel from, from both of you, like yeah. the vitality that is moving through each of you as individuals, like you're sitting before us, like I know who I am, like that's where your own individual starting point, and then we know who we are. And I imagine that's, that's hopefully living in everyone's relationship, or that's the question, do I know who I am without you? first right yeah. and not that doesn't mean i'm not in relationship with you but my identity as a sovereign being and then are we always checking in with who we are mm -hmm. and i and when your vitality is owned there is nothing more magnetic <laughs> than that you know I'm like i want to come hang out i want to just be around you and like that's <laughs> that's the gift of when people are alive you want to be with them of easy to desire people like and, that and, and you're you've come alive together and, and that's a gift. And, and I think that's the magic of commitment for me. Like when it's not something I'm that's freely given the experience of listening to your story of recovering from the affair. It's like, I made a choice and that dependency. And I talked about this in our episode when dependency on the table will destroy your vitality period. Cause, cause that is it dependency. I'm now more connected to not losing you and keeping you as mine than I am with my sovereign choice to be with you. Mm. You're making a choice to each, to be with each other every day. And then choice to evolve your relationship choice to create what makes each of you happy and come alive. And then, if, I mean, right. Then that's only magic. <laughs> there, there can be only magic. And I think most people just are refute. Well, one, they make the other person responsible for their aliveness. Right. So we know that that's what kills relationship. And then I can only 
I have to control you in order to feel alive and you have to do what I need you to do so that I don't feel my own guilt, shame, insecurity, doubt, and then I don't deal with myself. And then we wonder why relationships fall apart. And what a beautiful, just so thank you so much for sharing, you know, so generously with yourselves today and in your lives, but the healing of an evolution of a marriage you know, an evolution of polyamory and a continuous evolution of your individual souls, let alone who you each get to become by being loved by each other. I mean, I just keep, I, I heard my, my, one of my mentors used to say this after every workshop, we'd sit at the back of the room, we look at the hundreds of people in the room and we just look at each other and say, isn't it amazing what love can do? right on that final night after three days of, of a beautiful workshop. And that's how I feel in this moment. Like, isn't it amazing what love can do when I, when I hear the two of you and, and get to see you. Uh, so that, that's my, my, like you're modeling today. Like, isn't it amazing what real love <laughs> can do for the soul, you know, of people. Yeah. And this is our, this is our whole entire podcast is about the new paradigm of love and the new paradigm of love doesn't mean polyamory, but it means you being committed to your own path first and to your own truth first, and then being committed in partnership to grow and evolve together. And this is such a beautiful example of what new paradigm love is all about. Everything that you've shared, every tool, every you know, way of being and perspective, like this is the new paradigm. I am not going to repress myself to be in a relationship, give parts of myself up to be in relationship, but I'm going to become more of who I am together with you. And as long as that still feels good to both of us, we'll keep saying yes and keep showing up. So this is like the perfect model of what this whole entire podcast is all about. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. This yeah. is really, really wonderful. Really wonderful being here. And I'm never going to stop saying how healing it is to be in the presence of a man who deeply loves his woman. <laughs> I, I, I just, it, that is forever going to be healing. And Steve, thank you for being here on your birthday and, yes, and for sharing yourself um, so generously too. We really appreciate it. There's one more question. Um, Go for it. Yeah. Is that, are you okay to keep going just for one more question? Oh yeah. Um, I love this. This is so <laughs> first um, pin. If that's your, if that's how you pronounce your name says repair. So rad repair in capital letters. And then she says, do either of you have freak out moments where you think, Oh my God, wait, no, I want it to be simple. I'm imagining the answer is yes. No, I want it to be simple again. Like in moments, does that come up for you? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> if you're listening to this on the podcast, they're both smiling so big after that question. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll have moments where we'll be like, he'll be like, You wanna be monogamous? <laughs> or I'll be like, Hey, you wanna be monogamous? And so we're like, Yeah, let's be monogamous for the weekend. Which is <laughs> like spending the weekend together and like we're not gonna see any other person, but yeah, and I, I think my brain wants to say it's polyamory, but my heart is like, no, like life is complicated. Like loving people is complicated. It's relationship. Yes. It fully is. But um, but yeah, I think whenever we're having a hard time in polyamory, it's always like, yeah, you want to be monogamous for a little bit. And like, we usually say yes and, and just enjoy it. We yeah, actually- start laughing. Just like we start laughing. But we did, like there was a period where we did close our relationship because we didn't want to use poly as a way to hide. And after- 
we were realizing that it was kind of pulling us away sexually from each other. Uh-huh. So we're like, okay, like let's let's close the relationship. Let's make sure that we're grounded um, mm-hmm. so that way other relationships can thrive eventually and the way we can thrive. Yeah, yeah. Was, that was important. Like a self-preservation kind of thing. Like we yeah. needed, uh, it's like, okay, it seems like we're having connections, but we're sort of uh, bypassing or missing some core issues that are happening between the two of us. So why don't we close our relationship right now um, for the next, like, well, we didn't really set a timeline, but we ended up being like six months and just work th- specifically work through this issue, uh, focus on it and try to get it resolved. And it was scary because we're like, I don't know if we're going to last. Like yeah. that was the time in our relationship other than the affair where we're like, whoa, I don't know if we're compatible or mm-hmm. something's happening here that, that we're really scared about. And we worked through it. Like we figured it out Yeah, through yeah. our own deep process too. And yeah. Yeah. Commitment yeah. to the union. This is so beautiful. And I, I love this so much because I, I also, I think you guys need to like, if you want to, but I think you should teach a course on, <laughs> on polyamory and actually help people. You absolutely should, because like people don't know, like most people are doing it in such a dysfunctional way. And this is so, I, I, I was thinking when that question was asked, I have, I have uh, friends who are, who are, have a polyamorous relationship and they, when they had a baby, they closed their relationship that felt the most integrous thing to do. And they just cocooned in their little union. And now they're exploring open now that she's like two, they're exploring opening again and and that it's like the, 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 the flaw in the old pair, I mean, there's a million flaws in the old paradigm, but this idea that like, you just come to some arrival point and then you're good. Like you just signed a contract together and you're good for life. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, life is going to continuously, you ebb and flow. You could be deeply in love with someone. And then, you know, a month later, hate them. <laughs> and like, there's stuff that needs to be looked at. And there's always stuff that's going to be brought up in relationship and places will be challenged and it's so beautiful oh my gosh I just love everything that you have shared this is this is a course and books and all those things mm-hmm. yeah okay thank you so much that, that, that's really <laughs> I, I think as you say that even though if we might hate each other it's never a feeling of wow, wow like I feel unsafe like yeah. there's never a feeling, like his, his anger n- doesn't often like there was one time that he yelled at me because we locked out locked us out of the house or I locked us out of the house you know like and I was like oh, and he really owned that he's like I shouldn't have yelled I feel ashamed like there's never a time that he can say something where I'm like oh my god like I'm really questioning like do we have the same values do we prioritize each other it's like we our basics are so grounded that every fight it, it doesn't really destroy it doesn't it doesn't feel mm. like we die I never feel like anymore wow we could really die in this yeah i'm so happy you brought that up again because because that is what's palpable mm-hmm. with between you two the safety yeah mm-hmm. right and and we think we're safe the the, the kind of paradox of romance is yes i think i'm safe because you've committed to me because i have a ring i'm only <laughs> safe to the extent that i'm willing to risk revealing myself and the person who sees me respects me, honors me, doesn't shame or blame. And there is space for both of us to be alive. And it's a continuous risk. I mean, as Kate just said about the old paradigm, and then we blame our partner for when a relationship falls apart or worse for me is when people blame marriage 
which to me is like saying that's like saying cars are the problem rather than the people driving them like marriage is not the problem Mm -hmm. the problem is the expectations we put on it you know monogamy is not the problem it's the expectations we put on it and you're this this talk with you is healing no matter where someone is at in their relationship because i i think for my single when we're working with single women like the worst thing you can say to someone is well don't say that because you might scare them away and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's like the, quite possibly the worst thing that's ever been said mm-hmm. around dating because it's only to the extent that you risk revealing who you are that the exact right person will be there for you. And I love right back to the beginning. Here's Maria PMSing with a t-shirt in the middle of the night at a party and Steve can't get enough of you. <laughs> yes. This is who I am. It, it's the magic of just this is who I am and, yes. and, and take it or leave it really. Right. And, and hopefully every day we wake up in the morning and say, this is who I am. Do you choose me today? You know, like Andrew and I are starting to do a little practice around that. Like, do you choose me today? Yes, I do, babe. Do you choose me today? Yes, I do, babe. Like bringing that life of like, and what is true today? Like today, this is who I am today. You know, is how I'm, this is how I'm feeling. And so the, the healing of what happens when you just tell the truth? Like you want to kill your relationship, start lying about who you are, mm-hmm. right? So, start pretending. Kill yourself. Start you lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's that that's the magic. So we are so grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This will be an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so if people are are in, you know, the Facebook group listening. Thank you for joining us. And if you're listening on the New Truth Podcast, we are so grateful. And if you know a couple that needs to hear this or a friend that needs to hear this, send this their way. And thank you, Steve and Maria. Steve, go enjoy your birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. (laughs) Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Really amazing. You guys are amazing. Thanks. You're amazing. You're amazing. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.